0: Hey Paul,
1: is this our series finale? <laughs> <laughs> if only. Oh,
0: <laughs> even better, there's uh, whiskey in my coffee this morning. Oh, ah. and I've been up since four thirty. So, uh,
1: you know. <laughs> has there been whiskey in your cup since four thirty seven? Hmm. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, so, have you guys heard of Flying Dog Brewery? I have. No. Um, and I know, and you're probably not. You're not a big beer drinker, but they have. A new seasonal twelve pack, you know, where they have like three bottles of four different beers, and oh. it is called the brunch pack. Oh. And I'm like, they are embracing the breakfast drinkers like me. So beer there's a brunch. Yeah. There there is oh. a Bloody Mary beer, a mimosa beer, a cinnamon toast crunch beer, and a coffee stout. Nice. Yes. It's nice. waiting for well. me after this podcast because I wanted to be sober for this conversation.
0: I'm I'm totally sober. <laughs> totally, to,
1: totally, I could totally t- drive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I have got... I, I picked up two bottles of uh, standard rye. And one of them is their pecan standard rye. Oh, okay. Which I find to be a little too sweet for me. But mm. it's perfect in coffee. It is perfect in coffee. I, standard
1: I, rye? I am unfamiliar. Is that a Texas thing or... I don't believe it's a Texas thing. I think it's just a thing. Oh, okay. But,
0: uh, but it, it's really good. Really, I, I, it's totally good. It's totally good. Totally. But you know, but you know, we are recording on Sunday, and uh, I, I I am excited because you know we uh, we we got lots of good things to talk about today. Lots of good things. Um, but one thing, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I think I'm skipping our order, but I'm going to start it off early. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I have made a decision about Superman and Lois. Oh, okay. I'm done watching it off of broadcast television. Oh, There are so many freaking commercials, and just the mere act of skipping commercials is pissing me off.
2: <laughs>
0: I, I can't bear it. I cannot bear it. So I'm
1: just going to buy the season. I I, I can't do it. Well, it's one thing. <laughs> one thing I will say about Superman and Lois. I have, so I have not seen the second episode yet, um, but di- I, I saw online yesterday. I think <laughs> that if you watch it via the CW app, the episodes are extended. Now, likely with not anything worth a damn. Um, right, and you have to, and it's not like the CW app has an upcharge fee that you can pay to not have commercials. Right. So, I'm wondering if you purchase it digitally, like through an Amazon or, or whatever, if. Which is my plan. If you get those extended episodes. I don't
0: know. I don't know. But it is. My time and frustration is worth it to me to buy the season because I, man, I am so <laughs> sick of fast forwarding through those commercials. It just irritates the living. <laughs> Hold talking.
1: on. Hold on. <laughs> what, what, what's funny about this conversation is that. You know, I I I don't know what I expected, but Aaron is sick of fast forwarding through commercials, through skipping commercials.
0: I can live with regular commercial breaks, but it's like they they like, hey, you know, we're actually broadcasting something that's worth a damn. Let's put all the commercials in the world in it and yeah. have these mini act breaks. And I mean, it, I can't get over how they come back from commercial and you know Lois and Clark you know share their concern about their kids and then it's back to commercial i'm like the fuck <laughs> i mean it is super annoying and i know part of that is i'm just so used to watching streaming television these days that i'm not used to commercials anymore but good god in heaven it's just
2: ridiculous it's ridiculous See, they haven't done what really frustrates me with commercials sometimes, and that's the come back for a little preview of what's going to happen and then go back to commercial. Oh, right. Or come back to a commercial starring the stars of the show you're watching. Yeah. Those mm. are
0: the ones that always get me. I just I'm just I'm just so annoyed with it. I'm I cannot begin <laughs> to tell you how annoyed I am with it. I, I I almost threw the remote through the TV this week, going, <laughs> Are you kidding me? And I mean paul i don't know if you're still in but you know my wife and i continue to watch this is us
1: oh no i was never in
0: (laughs) jen's still in but she fast forwards to the story she doesn't like uh well i mean they do the same thing on this is us it's their big television program so they Mm -hmm. plug in all the commercial breaks they possibly can and you know i would quit i would have quit that show a long time ago had it not been for like you My wife is really into it. Mm -hmm. But I'm just like, how many commercials is this stupid thing going to have? You know, it it
1: just drives me nuts. Do we know how many episodes of Superman and Lois are are expected for this first season? I do not Uh,
2: know. I don't know offhand, but I do know that they had a pause in recording because of the pandemic. So between, I think it's episode, after episode four or five, we're going to have a break for a couple weeks, and they're going to start Supergirl in that
1: slot. Ah, uh, I'm 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 kind of used to that nowadays. Uh, you know, you guys know I watch Seal Team, and uh, yes, Seal Team airs. I've only ever is, watched the first episode of that. I like it. I enjoy it, but what annoys me about it is that it re- only airs seemingly biweekly, right. which is fucking weird for a broadcast now, you, television show are you watching it off the broadcast feed
0: or are you watching it on cbs all access now paramount plus i dvr it and then just watch it off of there okay because you, you can stream it you know, Yeah, the live I episodes could. yeah okay. either way
1: i mean you know yeah. so sometimes if i'm just not want don't want to deal with fast forwarding through the commercials then i'll do it through paramount plus but um yeah i i, I just it, it, i'm assuming it's because of the pandemic basically they just release an episode every two weeks, which is, again, unusual. Um, but the reason I ask about Superman and Lois is because you can buy season one on Amazon for 24 Um, You know, with each episode individually yeah. being about 3 bucks. So I don't know if right. there's eight episodes, 10 episodes, 13 episodes. I don't know if that's actually been announced. Yeah, I, I if it has, I haven't seen it. Hmm. Well, I haven't seen episode or episode two yet is it as good as episode one uh no uh I, but i i wouldn't
0: expect it to be it was good yeah. it was a, it was a, a worthwhile episode but it does feel like a transition to standard cw format Uh-oh. uh given the conflict between secret luther and the battle suit um you know it did feel i felt like it made that turn hopefully it's not making that hard turn into standard cw but i thought it was a worthwhile show and it did move the characters forward uh, so i was happy
2: for that as well yeah it's not going to be as good as the pilot cuz the pilot was just right it was incredible there was extra time but i really enjoyed it and one of the things that surprises me is i always complain about how dark the the movies are and mm-hmm. this I mean, it doesn't look like a CW show. It is darker lighting and, you know, darker storyline going on, but Superman still smiles and he's still Superman.
0: Yeah. And the
2: only, we did get to
0: meet Jor-El uh, in this episode, and we discover that Jordan is named after Jor-El. Um, All along, I've been wondering why the name Jordan. Yeah. So it,
2: I was happy to actually have an answer for that.
0: Well, I, uh, I did not care for the casting of Jor-El, uh, just sort of a doughy bearded looking guy. I mean, there was nothing commanding about him. And I was like, Hmm, I don't know if I, w- if that's how I would have gone. I-, I think I might've done something different there. So
1: I have a question. And again, cause I haven't seen it yet. The, they cast in Superman and Lois, um, a relatively older actor for Jor-El, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I find that interesting because you know i i get that they're trying to cast an actor who is older um to compensate for the the current superman's age uh it's angus McFadden, um who they cast as Jorel. and i would it, it doesn't make sense to me because Jorel died <laughs> when he was younger well like but i, I mean, feel like Brando, they should cast an actor similar was
0: age cast as jor in the 70s film um i have a problem with that too <laughs> well, I, I, I get that. I get that. But I, I think the the type has really been set that, you know, jor kind of a Reed Richards character where he marries a younger bride. Yeah. Right. That he is sort of an an, an elder scientist, not elder meaning old, but just, you know, a more mature person
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and, and marries the uh, the sprightly girl right out of class. Um,
1: Cause even I, Russell Crowe is I, relatively older, I guess.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know that that's how I would have gone either. You know, I don't know why you couldn't because, you know, cal a baby when he, you know, a newborn essentially when he, when he, you know, is launched from Krypton. Why not cast somebody who's a contemporary of the actor playing Clark? Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's age appropriate. In fact, you could even cast somebody who's younger, right? I mean, because Clark's in his 30s. Why not cast a 25 year old? you know that's always Except been my joking like well, you should do yeah. that you know that would be something yeah. different that we have a seen weird dynamic it. right mm-hmm. you know your son is older than you now you mm-hmm. know yeah, but i don't was, like how was... interactive the ai is you know that the the ai is self-aware and i know that's something from that we you know have picked up from the movie uh but i it just seems too uh too conversational and provides Kalel mm-hmm. with you know
2: too much comfort and i think he should be more uncomfortable see i'm perfectly fine with that what bothered me was the uh the fortress oh yeah the fortress i hate it it's just a cave yeah it's like at this point we've seen so much from the fortress in every other media and it's always there's technology or there's robots or
1: and there's no locked
2: door I mean it's just
1: a hole. You
0: walk into the hole and hey, look, I'm in the fortress of solitude. So I mean I fully anticipate that, you know, Captain Luther is in his battle armor is gonna show up in the fortress because, you know, there's not a door. Not even a screen door. I (laughs) mean (laughs) a screen door.
2: (laughs) And there's not much to see when he gets there. Yeah. No, that was the first real big complaint I had with the show was the fortress was such a huge letdown because I love the fortress. Yeah and to have it I, be a cave without no computer screens and, and I no got to say, I'm
0: kind of tired of the fortress of solitudes all made out of ice and crystals. Uh, I, I would really like something more like the, you know, fifties through seventies fortress that, you know, is actually just this huge, you know, complex built into the side of an, of a mountain, right. You know, built into the glacier. I, I want this, uh, you know, actual real sets. And I know that, this is all you know being able to do it on the cheap, but I'd love to see something a little bit more tactile from the fortress. And this is such a minimalist set. You know, that they, they the in fact the you don't even get the benefit of this nice crystalline, you know, podium to function as the interface, right? You know, that he puts the the sun crystal into. It's it it looks like a rock with a bunch of ice on it that he puts the sun crystal into. In fact when Jordan asks Superman, well, how did you even know what to do when you got here? I mean, it wasn't like, well, I threw the crystal into the into the glacier and all of this popped up. It was just like, eh, you know, figured it out. <laughs> it was it was a weird uh, little bit. But, you know, it, I, I, I'm complaining
2: because we nitpick. That's what we do. Yeah, well, and it's frustrating because Supergirl had the Fortress of Solitude. I mean, they we've already seen Kryptonian Fortress of Solitude on the tv show right and it was more spectacular than a cave in the middle yeah. of nowhere well he has no design aesthetic i think that's
0: what they're trying to show yeah you know he's a minimalist the super super girls Supergirl. got a yeah super girls got got a better eye for uh you know just you know kitting things out in the uh in the fortress <laughs> <sighs> so you know how, how did everybody enjoy that uh, galactus cameo on wandavision this week <laughs> well you know <laughs> so
1: i think a lot of folks Not myself, but I think a lot of folks expected more from the WandaVision series finale than they got. I think a lot of folks were expecting Reed Richards or... or, I I think a lot of people were expecting more from the uh, post-credit sequences than
0: they got.
2: Yeah. 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 Yeah, I would have been surprised that we didn't get the big cameos, except before watching it, I saw an interview where the director had been going around and he was telling people... You know, there's all of these theories out there, all these people expecting big things, and that uh, he's afraid that some people may be disappointed that they're not going to get these cameos and things. So I went in knowing there wasn't going to be any big cameo. And I think that kept any kind of disappointment out of it. And to be honest, after watching it, I think it's a stronger finale not having someone big show up and. I would have loved for it to have been like after the credit scenes to see Doctor Strange show up, mm-hmm. but to complete the story that was being told and be its own standalone story, not having a cameo on the last episode makes a stronger
1: standalone story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only thing I'll say, and I, I, so I genuinely liked the Wandavision series finale. Is mm-hmm. it you know was it the level of strength as some of the other episodes? Not not really, honestly. I feel like the the prior episode actually had a stronger emotional core than this one. I I would agree. Um, And I think that's because the first half hour was complete superhero CG action versus, you know, the emotional last 15 minutes of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, The only thing that I really take issue with, and I know they did it as fan service, and I know it's fun and quirky, but now that it's amounted to nothing, I actually take issue with the casting of Evan Peters um it, it because I, it really doesn't make sense it was intentionally misleading misleading yeah. um and I, that 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 i actually don't appreciate don't intentionally mislead people because that's not then it's not fan service or anything like that you're just doing it to make people think that oh it's finally going to be the exponent. And you're like no his name's ralph boner it means nothing <laughs> but, <laughs> you know um <laughs> Yeah. I, I,
0: I love his response, boner. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but yeah,
2: no, I, I definitely get that. It was That part was a little disappointing. I wanted that to be more than it was. You wanted it to be meaningful. Yeah, and yeah, I think yeah. that's, if I have, because we can nitpick and complain about anything, my nitpick with the finale is that I felt like some things weren't adequately wrapped up or dealt with. I wanted more from
1: certain parts of the story than we got. I love that now. Referring to Darcy her. only being in it for two seconds, or or, or was after... she
0: even in this episode? this yeah, week? Yeah, she crashed yeah, the car she into. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I thought that happened last week. Okay, yeah, yep,
1: no, but yeah, Gosh. you're right. I mean, she was in less than thirty seconds of this episode. Considering all the build up, I mean, they had you know a full episode focused specifically on her and Jimmy Woo. Now, thankfully, Jimmy Woo didn't get the short end of the stick, but Darcy and um, Photon.
2: Well, and, yeah duh, duh. they definitely when... short sticked uh, photon and the uh, the other one was the white vision. I thought that they did something really interesting with unlocking his memories uh-huh. and then they've saved it for some future show well, or something and I thought for
0: sure i mean my 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 expectation in the story was that somehow the two visions would merge right
1: yeah me too. um
0: and and so for white vision to have you know left the 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 playing field um was surprising and it's like he's just gone you know and nothing else he's he got his he's got his memories back and
2: he's gone yeah he got Uh, his memories back and he didn't want any kind of revenge for being used as a weapon he just left well and i mean didn't have you know if,
0: if you've got your memories back and assuming that he got emotions back with that and that we know that's not necessarily true because in the book he didn't he got he had the memories but he didn't have the the emotions that went with them it was just like knowing the story right uh but you would think that if he if he had those memories he'd stay and want to help wanda out i I just that was weird to me that he just you know
2: left yeah and we never got that gut-wrenching moment of him telling wanda and the kids i remember you but i don't have the emotions right like that in the comics was a brutal scene oh yeah i expected to see that on the show And what seems
0: so weird to me is the world is ending. You know, this world that Wanda has created is all collapsing in on itself. And so she puts the kids to bed and then she and Vision walk out of the room and close the door behind them so that the kids get to experience, you know, becoming nothing without them. And you would think that you'd want to hold your kid's hand when something terrible is about to happen to them. I did wonder that, but
1: I'm assuming you know, the way I took it is that the kids will go to sleep and just disappear. That's the way I took it, but yeah, I, 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 I was I'm surprised sure they that didn't just have that moment together.
0: Yeah, well, and I'm sure that that's the moment that, that, that is exactly what the writers wanted you to think. But, you know, how often do kids immediately fall asleep? Um, and I and I know that that was done in service so that so that the story could have Wanda and Vision say goodbye together. Yeah. Um, but I'm just like it just seemed crazy to me. As someone who has put an animal to sleep, I don't tell the vet to put him to sleep when I walk out of the room. I stay there with the animal. Um, I, I that just struck me as odd because I I would think that you know Wanda would want to be there with their sons when they become nothing. And I didn't think that was true. That that may have been necessary for the story. I did not feel like it was true for the character.
1: Yeah. Eh. Maybe it was just uh, those kids couldn't pull off the sequence. Who knows? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't have to have the kids be scared. You know, you just you I think the, the what was necessary was for the actor to experience the horror of her kids, you know, becoming nothing. I thought that was necessary. Yeah. Now when when you when you look at the two post credit end scenes, I really liked the scroll reveal yeah and the he wants to see you up there uh i thought that was a nice way to carry photon's story forward uh and make you ask questions like well, what's going to happen next and you know who's up there waiting for for her samuel L. jackson yeah i mean uh, probably se- leading <laughs> into secret invasion right? right 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 and i thought that was really cool I I'm
2: really curious to hear what you guys think of the final end credit scene. I Uh, thought the final end credit scene didn't really add anything to the story. And I found like I, what I wanted from that scene more than anything, I wanted her there trying to fix her mind and Dr. Strange to show up and say, we should talk.
1: See, I liked the the second credit sequence for multiple reasons. Um, One, I, I you know what you know you guys know I, I love the freaking Darkhold as a, oh, yeah. a Marvel concept. Well and so did the, you
0: squeal when they mentioned it oh, by yeah. name? Oh yeah in, in the last episode. Yeah.
1: Um but two, you know, I, I I liked that, you know, while she you know at first looks like she's just taking a break. Um you know, having she's having a cup of tea. A couple um, teams, uh, she's you know, astral projecting I- clearly at the embraced
0: foot of mount wonder gore paul
1: <laughs> i'm confident that's where we were she was at the foot of mount wonder exactly uh-huh. um but you know that, that she has you know embraced the scarlet witch persona and is delving into the the dark magic of the dark hold and yeah i thought that was a good setup and, and you know this acknowledgement that her kids exist in some form or fashion somewhere mm-hmm. um yep. i thought that was interesting
2: I could really see her be the villain of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness.
1: Absolutely. Mm
0: -hmm. And, you know, that would be ideal, right? Because it's a a villain with a real motivation. It's a villain that you can identify with. Because now that we've spent all this time with Wanda, number one, you like her. And number two, you understand what she's got at stake. And I think that would make for a fantastic villain. I think you're going to have a hard time redeeming her after that, but that's okay. You know, we don't have to redeem. You know, my last,
2: I say my last nitpick is like, like you guys, I love the Darkhold, Mm -hmm. but I watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and they had the Darkhold on there and it didn't look like that. It looked different. Mm -hmm. I wish they would have used the appearance of it from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't need any reference to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't need any tie-ins whatsoever, but I would have liked for it to have looked like it. And it looks a lot more like the comic book version on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think, than, it, than this version.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I hear you, and I, I think it, it's tricky to acknowledge it, but other than... It, they, I, it should have at least visually. But I guess if they're, if they're going to do redo some of that stuff, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a wacky thing anyway to try to incorporate
2: yeah and i don't want them to try to incorporate it they went down some strange routes and there's just i don't want that brought into the uh the mcu to be really acknowledged but just the look of it especially because it looked
1: more like the comic book version in the show yeah well you know um i watched on, on disney plus i did something Uh-oh. that you know I, I i hadn't done previously but i went for it I paid the thirty dollars for Raya and the Last Dragon. Did you? And I, oh, like, I'm dying to know how it is, Paul, because that looks yeah, so good. The trailers look good. I'll tell you why. Well, first, before I tell you how the movie is, I'm going to move the cheese. um ah. Well, I did it specifically because I felt like if I supported this, maybe it'll result in Black Widow being the same. Yeah, you know, <laughs> because they're still holding on to that May release date. <laughs> <laughs> They're still holding also, on to that May release date, and I'm like, makes a
0: change at Disney.
1: You are killing me." <laughs> I'm like, "If I support this, if I give this my thirty dollars, perhaps this will cont- this will be successful, and other people will do the same, and they'll do the Disney Plus premiere access for Black Widow, and we'll finally get that Black Widow this May instead of it being delayed again." Um, so that's why I did it, also because it looks good. Um, so one of the things I will say, you know, that, that may. Uh, spur you to wait is that raya and the last dragon will be available included in your disney plus um, service cost in june so basically you're paying 30 dollars for three months of early access
0: now do you get to keep watching it
1: yes Would it is not like money? a 72 hour rental okay. or you know or anything like that you get to watch it as many times as you want yeah between uh, you know, now and june. between gotcha. now and june which is okay different. that's good at least yeah which i appreciated it's also excellent um, is it really it, it looks excellent. so good it is so beautifully done like visually um visually stunning um really kind of embraces the culture in which it's in which it's from you know kind of like Moana embrace those mm-hmm. pacific island cultures this much you know very much embraces asian cultures um just it is well written the story is, you know the the uh, voice acting is fantastic um lots of humor lots of adventure and it is. You know, I I had only seen one trailer for it, and I guess I don't know. Like other than the visual spectacle of it, didn't really connect with what what the story was. Um, you know, it's a strong fantasy element, and I know it's called *Raya and the Last Dragon*, but you know the the it, it, it there's so much. You know, like great fantasy visual elements of it, like. The different lands that Raya travels through all have distinct looks. You know, some are kind of kind of look post apocalyptic. Some look more urban in nature, and it's just it's it's just a, a really good t- way to spend uh, about an hour and fifty minutes. So it's not you know it's not like your eighty minute Disney film. It's almost two hours long, and um, I, I I genuinely recommend it. I'm always
2: torn about spending like the thirty dollar price point. I look at it two ways. One, I've been conditioned to not pay that much for a digital movie, because yeah. we're used to paying it really cheap. On the other hand, if I were to take my wife out to see this in theaters, oh yeah, we're going to pay that easily between the price of the tickets and then getting drinks because well, those. And are if, you, if you wanted yeah. to
1: pay, if you saw this in Dolby, or if you saw it in IMAX, which you know, given that given the type of film this is, I'd probably pay for one of those upcharges. I would pay more than thirty dollars just with two movie tickets. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, and it's all—it's just a matter of internally. I have to get past that conditioning of never paying that much for a digital release, mm-hmm. and not think of it like that. Think, treat it like it is a, you know, an event. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's—and you know—that—and that, again, one of the reasons I did it, in addition to wanting to see the film, but. Knowing that I could have watched it for free in June, I probably could have waited. But I also, again, like for me, I'm like, hopefully this does well so that Disney says, hey, we get all of this money instead of, you know, the theater money. So why don't we just do the same thing when Black Widow comes out? Um, Yeah.
2: yeah. And I'm I'm not super excited about Black Widow at this point, but I have a feeling I will be after, after Falcon and Winter Soldier.
1: Well, and I'll pay thirty bucks. I'll, I'll pay the thirty bucks for Black Widow to watch it at home. Nope. without without a doubt, I will pay the thirty dollars to watch Black Widow at home. See, yeah. and I I will as well.
0: Whereas I wouldn't for Raya, and it, and it breaks down that my wife's not interested in Raya. So yeah. you know, it, it's hard for me to reconcile thirty bucks for a a person, and I'm all, probably only ever going to watch it once. Yeah, right. So
1: you're fine waiting till June, right? So, exactly. Yeah, I mean, totally exactly. Good. I'll
0: watch it when it's part of my streaming package, but. Black Widow. Yeah, I'll watch that early. And my wife, my wife is interested in seeing it because she likes the MCU movies, Mm -hmm. um, particularly likes the, You know, she loved Captain Marvel, um, you know, so she'd be interested in the Black Widow story as well. So uh, that makes sense for us for the very reasons you said, you know, I'd pay that much
2: going out to the movie theater. I feel like Marvel has made so many missteps with Black Widow, you know, from the from the standpoint of we should have gotten this movie back when she guest starred in Iron Man. Or right after Avengers. So they waited too long to give us the Black Widow movie. They gave it to us after they've killed the character in the regular series. And then once it's done, we get all of these delays because of the pandemic. I mean, there's legitimate reasons for them delaying. But all of it has really hurt what would have been excitement for the movie. Like If this movie would have come out back before, like right after Avengers, I would have been ecstatic about getting this movie. Yeah, but it
0: seemed it seems like a weird place in the queue I
2: yeah mean,
1: but i think i think what it'll do is it, it's a flashback that will set up elements that will pay off in in future movies well, and television shows and let's just
0: be honest here the guys at marvel seem to know what the hell they're doing fair um and, and i am certain that we'll get on the other side of this movie and go wow i didn't realize this was a movie i needed you know i didn't Hopefully. realize that that uh You know, this makes absolute sense the way they're doing it because, you know, so many times I've questioned what what Marvel's doing and, you know, they they blow my socks off. So,
2: yeah, uh, I mean, I remember specifically having the questions about, you know, why are they making a Guardians of the Galaxy movie? People don't know who that is. Or really, you're going to make an Ant-Man movie? And those are two of my favorites of the series.
1: Absolutely. Well... You know, going from the ending of WandaVision to the beginning of Infinite Frontier for for DC Comics, you number know, zero, issue zero of New Frontier, excuse me, Infinite Frontier, um, came out this week. Uh, a sixty-three digital pages. I don't know how much you know if you buy it in in, in print. If how many pages it is, um, you know. And this is the a framing story written by Joshua Williamson with James Tidman the Fourth and Scott Snyder, um, and it features a preview of announced and I guess unannounced, maybe because some of these books that I you know that they're advertising in in this haven't actually been announced, like a Green Arrow and Black Canary book that's that hasn't been announced. Uh, but basically previews of the upcoming stories um, across the DC Universe post Death Metal, um, you know. So th- we we get this every I don't know rough from DC Comics probably roughly every three to five years, right? So this is. The big, the biggest relaunch of the line since, I'm thinking, Rebirth was the last one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, uh, Aaron, when you, I don't know if, if you said it in, in you know, in, in one of our private chats or if you said it in, in the group chat with, the, you know, with our podcasting cohorts, but you said you couldn't wait to discuss Infinite Frontier. Yes. So you go first. Um. First thing I want to say is I hate the cover. I just the I it's disappointing. The, it's it's, the, it's not as striking as some of the interior art.
0: Yeah. And the I believe it's Dan Juergens did the pencils on it. I think that's correct. Yeah, um,
1: Dan Juergens and Michael uh, Janine.
0: Uh, and I think what bothers me is that it is so lightly inked. Um, there, there's really no boldness in any of these lines and the, the coloring just seems a, a, almost a, a neutral sort of palette. Mm-hmm. Well, you, um, you know
2: what it reminds me of, Aaron, you remember new frontier? Mm-hmm. It, it looks a lot like that. I mean, this art style, the coloring, it looks more, it looks like they were trying to recapture that. See, and that may be the case. Uh, and whereas I love the
0: cover on new frontier, uh, I hate the cover here. It just seems so half-assed. Yeah, I mean, it worked for New Frontier because it was a period piece. Well, it but didn't, I mean, it, work here. What the reason why it's not working here though is not because they're 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 emulating that cover. I think it's the the reason why it's not working is that they didn't take a strong graphic style to it. They didn't fully lean into. it. If New Frontier is where they were going, they didn't fully lean into that because there's nothing about those covers that you would say was half-baked this seems half baked to me. Um, and and it super annoys me. And it doesn't do the interiors any justice at all because the interiors are fantastic. Yeah. The interiors are bold. I mean I think I I, I really dig the art in every single one of these little stories. Uh, you know, and this book does what what Paul says is, you know, there's a framing story here and it's you know providing you glimpses of all the different stories that are coming. Um, and I think they do a really interesting job uh, bringing these together. I I enjoyed this book from beginning to end, and you know for the most part, I think I'm going to be picking up uh, I think all but maybe one of these books that's that's listed in here because um, I, I, it it really created a uh, it set the table for excitement and something new something fresh and something just super interesting, I, uh, I, I dug it. I dug it. I mean, I did not need Alan Scott coming out again. (laughs) (laughs) And I know it's a different Alan Scott, but I'm just like, come on. You know, we saw, we, we saw to great effect, you know, Alan Scott coming out in other books. We didn't need to spend quite so many pages with Alan Scott coming out again. Um, Well, I was
2: going to say, I was going to point to that as one of my favorite things in the book the that scene because we've talked about Alan Scott coming out before. Mm-hmm. And I don't if you'll remember, I really disliked how it was done in some of the other versions, specifically because it's it robbed me of Jade mm-hmm. and Obsidian. And that's what I liked about this version of it. Is we get back Jade and we get back Obsidian. And I love those characters. And we see them dealing with his you know, him coming out to them. And I just, I love having them back so much. You can have both. You can have your coming out scene and you can have, you know, Jade and Obsidian. And that's something they robbed us with with other versions that it just, it made me, I'm just so happy to see Jade and Obsidian because I yeah, love those characters. I, I love them too. Um, I just didn't need, I, I would have rather
0: we see something else rather than the coming out moment and maybe Jade and Obsidian talking about it while they're doing something else. I just didn't need this moment again. Okay. Um, and and that's that's what annoyed me about it. But I, I really do, on the whole, I think this is a very interesting book. Uh, the only thing really that concerns me about it is that I was really excited to read the big dark side moment at the end of the book. Very disappointed to see John Romita drawing it.
1: Yeah, because that was one of my—that was basically the one negative thing I was going to say about the book. That epilogue—if you had yeah. Jason Fabok do the art on that—that that epilogue would have. If you had almost anyone <laughs> else, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I am just so
0: sick and goddamn tired of John ramita drawing DC Comics heroes because
1: he's terrible. Yeah, because if he's you look just at it, like, terrible. Did I mean are the Phantom Stranger and Specter and High Father and you know all those characters actually dead? Or mm-hmm. you know I mean if they are, then I mean he Darkseid crushes you know Spectre's neck with his with his boot, and I'm like, ah, oh, are these characters dead? You know like but and and then the the final concluding shot of Darkseid, you know where he's all gray. You know like uh-huh. like he he has embraced uh-huh. you know th- this power i'm like it looks so bad it, it looks so bad but it could have looked so good like, absolutely it could have absolutely. looked so good yes. well I, and, the,
0: and and c- contrasting this to the cover whereas i don't feel like the the inks and the color did the 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 penciled artwork justice the inks and the color here are doing everything they possibly can to sell the craptastic artwork of John Romita Jr. Yeah. And I mean, you 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 look at it, if you if you blur your eyes and you're just looking at the the darks and the lights and the color, you're like, man, that's fantastic. And then you you sharpen it and you're like, oh my God, it's John <laughs> Romita Jr. I mean, it is just
2: terrible. And I don't understand why they continue to have him working on their premier books. Yeah yeah, well, I am hoping those characters aren't dead because I like a lot of those characters. and, well, we and see... I don't get
0: near enough phantom stranger in my life,
2: yeah. And it's... then we see this the darkness burst through the chest of some of them, through the heads. I mean, it certainly looks like he killed them all. And I hope that's not the case. See, I disagree.
1: I want them dead. I want them dead because, you know, it, Dark side, yeah, you know, if they're gonna bring Dark side back, and you know, Dark Side is my favorite villain. But just like Thanos, just like every you know, just like he's, he's overused. He's overused. Yeah, perhaps. he needs a break. Yeah. So if you're gonna bring him back, then give me the Dark Side that freaking killed the Spectre, the Phantom Stranger, High Father, and all these other powerful characters in his you know in, in his return. Like, give me that Dark Side. I'm okay mm-hmm. with that then. Um, but if you're just gonna bring a you know another depowered Dark Side in, then I don't I don't have as much of an interest. Um, so. I didn't like Wonder Woman's decision. Yeah, I
2: thought they had really built up to her taking her place with them, and I see now they couldn't have done that because then she would have been there when uh, Darkseid showed up. But I really disliked that decision. I thought it was, you know, the perfect time for her to step up, ascend. You know, she's going to be back eventually. Well, and
0: I but... don't understand the point of that decision either. When that, so that we're going to have three Wonder
2: Women now. exactly yeah we have a few characters that could use that chance to shine right i i look at miles morales miles morales was a stronger better character when peter parker was dead and then they bring him over to the regular marvel universe and now you've got four or five spider-men running around and it deludes it and that's why i make
0: the strong case
2: that miles morales should kill peter parker
0: <laughs>
1: that's I, I think that's i think that's the story we need in his sleep with a pillow um <laughs> yeah, now the one thing that i uh, another thing that i'll say about the book is i find it humorous and you know speaking of multiple characters i find it humorous that dc has embraced the complete it, 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 the, the complete re rewriting of heroes in crisis yeah they're like yeah you know what in Roy no back all. and I mean, wally's a good guy again <laughs> Has it even been a year since we were in crisis? ended it probably. I mean, maybe, maybe yeah. just I mean, they have ever since then done nothing but undo that storyline, yeah, and it's like they realize... and Tom King is still engaged in d c you know he's doing a supergirl series he's act he's doing the strange adventures series, but they are like, you know what, Tom, like you screwed the pooch on that one. We're just gonna undo it, yeah, <laughs> like immediately yeah. undo it, and I'm okay yeah, with Tom- it I like I like. You know, to your point about the multiple characters, I like that Barry has accepted a different role, and that Wally will be Earth's Flash. Yeah, I would
2: like Wally to get a new costume. I don't like the exposed hair costume.
1: I think he will. I think he'll get. I think he'll be more of a Flash costume. I don't. I haven't seen the cover um, of the upcoming Flash books, but I like a lot of the status quo's that have been established in this book. And you know, I'm. I'm, I know we're going to jump around here on the outline a bit for. not that anyone who's listening cares, but, um, my,
2: favorite... <laughs> oh, I mean, the other, my favorite is Oracle. Yeah. Oh, I gotta say, I, I
0: really enjoyed, uh, Joshua Williamson and Alex Malieve on Green Arrow and Black Canary, Yeah, which also brings you the arsenal. I, I, I'm like, you know, if they stick with that creative
1: team, I'm in. Yeah. I mean, and, and, yeah, great. Cause I love Alex Malieve art. Um, you know, for, but I, my favorite story in this book, as much as I liked almost everything in this book i really liked the batman story um i just i liked the momentum behind it i actually got some suspense you know from batman racing towards arkham asylum oh yeah i really thought that that guard was going to become a new character in the bat family yeah i mean so that that inspired me to pick up batman this week and you know I, i know i'm the only one who picked it up so i'll just briefly say um that batman issue 106 this week i picked it up for two reasons one because of of the preview in this book and two because it has a backup story um you know kind of setting up the upcoming robin book that's coming out featuring damian wayne and though the backup story was short so i didn't get much out of it um i really really think batman with this issue may have turned into the most gorgeous book on the market currently because the art in this book is just amazing, and the redesign of Gotham City after Joker Wars—that you know they have re—they've—they've rebuilt Gotham City into kind of this Akira-esque neon-filled landscape, uh, you know, kind of similar to what we got in Future State. And it is just vibrant colors on every page, um, just striking art by Jorge Jimenez. And, um, you know, the rest of the creative team, I, I thought this book was beautiful. Uh, now, story-wise, um, it, it also brings back the Scarecrow, who is one of my favorite Batman villains. So I think I might be back on Batman until it pisses me off again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I think this book did a, did a great
0: deal to sell what's coming in DC Comics, because there's only there's only maybe two books that I'm out on. That are that we're here. Yeah, uh, there's Academy a lot of me I could care about. less about, honestly. Yeah, well, actually, Teen Titans Academy looks interesting to me. Really? Huh. Yeah, I, I I liked the look of it, but you know, I am hard out on whatever the hell that is that Josh Williamson and John Romita Jr. and Klaus Janson are working on with Justice League. Uh, I, I, I whatever that is, I don't want any part of it. Yeah. You mean the <laughs> dark
1: side stuff at the end.
0: Yeah, I, I don't I don't want that. Um, <laughs> but the The only other book that I'm like, eh, I don't know, is The Flash. Um, I like the idea of Wally being back, but I don't know if they're going to split it between Wally and Barry. uh,
2: Yeah, I hope not. I want Barry to just go.
0: Yeah, I would just send Barry off into the Omniverse, whatever he's going to do, and let's let Wally do his thing. Mm -hmm. You know, give Uh, us
2: an Omniverse book with uh, President
0: Superman. But, you know, and that was nice to see as well. Right. You know, I enjoyed seeing uh, you know Earth 23 Superman in that in that story. Um, but I really liked the Green Lanterns uh, page, not just the, the Alan Scott, but the, the one by uh, Jeffrey Thorne and Dexter Roy, Dexter Soy. Um, I, I, I love that finally we've gotten the Teen Lantern in with the regular lanterns. And I, I just I'm, I'm excited about this stuff. i I and that's nice to say because I've been super frustrated with DC for a while.
2: Yeah, you know, Aaron, you mentioned Titans Academy. The one thing that might get me on it, when you look at the panel of all of the characters that are on board the boat going to the island, there's an ape. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I I I think I'm open to at least the
0: first issue of Titans Academy. Yeah, we'll you see. You know, and. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that it's got that same feel that you and I enjoy so much about Strange Academy, Paul.
1: Oh, uh, so, yeah. I mean,
0: when you put it that way. <laughs> well, and I loved uh, Avengers Without Umberto Ramas. I, I enjoyed Avengers Academy back in the day. I really like these, you know, let's train up the next generation of superheroes. I, I think that's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope they do it right. I hope they keep it fun.
2: Yeah, I really think I might have gotten into Stranger Academy if it wasn't for the Umberto Ramas art. So. This doesn't revert in Bertramas. and you know I'm on board for Stargirl,
0: yeah. Stargirl oh, yeah. looked great, but I love Todd Nauk,
1: you know, so it was always going to look great with Todd yeah. now. there was there was no going wrong on that book that's right.
2: That's right So Paul, did the Batman book at all deal with what happened in Arkham? Yeah yeah, it's a, it, yeah it, it is a follow it is a direct follow up to the events of this issue okay. Um, so yeah. I will pick it up then for that reason because I didn't uh, I just read this last night. Ah. So I didn't have a chance to go out and grab like the Batman book and see what it was because, you know, there's going to be multiple Batman books. So it's like one of them, one of them will go down one of the storylines.
1: One of them will go down the other. I want the one that deals with the aftermath of Arkham. Yeah, this one will. But, you know, on the the flip side of it, Detective Comics is going to be by the creative team that did Dark Detective during Future State. So I will also be picking that book up. So, you know, exciting times, uh, you know, exciting things in DC comics. And I already mentioned Batman is one of the Infinite Frontier books that came out this week. But, one, you know, one of the concepts of Infinite Frontier is the omniverse, right? That infinite universes are in exist- in, in play now. Um, and so with that, we get a view of Earth 3 in, in Crime yes. Syndicate. Yep. So the return of the Crime Syndicate, which Wayne, you didn't pick this up, right? It was just Aaron my, and myself. Oh, no, I got it. Oh, you did? Okay, so we all oh, yeah, I am. I am always on board for a crime syndicate book. All right, well, what'd you guys think? I loved it. I, I I loved everything about this book. I loved the cover.
0: I loved the fact that on the cover, they tell you it's a limited series and that it's issue one of six. Hey, we don't get that very often anymore. So <laughs> that, it's the little things, Paul. Uh, I dug this book a lot. You know, it's kind of a, a retelling of the crime syndicate world and, you know, how each of these, you know, uh, characters, you know, like, you know, Uberman and, and uh, it's, he's not Uberman here. Who? what is he? Yeah, he's Uberman. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, Uberman. Ultraman. Ultraman. Thank you. Um, you know, uh, Owlman, et cetera. They all have their own cities and they don't sort of deviate outside those cities. And, you know, one of the seminal Justice League stories is when Starro comes to town. For the first time and so this is starro's invasion of earth and it was it was great because i mean starro in this universe just looks horrific you know the, the great big suckers on his tentacles and you know great uh, great big pointy teeth i i just i love how monstrous starro appears in the Earth three universe, and by contrast, I was like, you know, I'm going to go back and I'm going to read that original Justice League story uh, from back in the '50s when Starro first appeared, and that's like issue twenty eight, twenty six of Justice League of America. And you know, Starro doesn't look scary, scary at all; he just like looks, looks like a starfish. And but it, it is such an interesting contrast as to how monstrous Starro becomes in this book, and I think it works so well. And the, how surprising Starro is to these bad guys because, you know, Ultraman is like, you know, you can't, you're not going to hurt me. You know, the, I am so he, Ultraman's excited about being able to just wail on the outer space alien, not realizing that Starro is a telepath and, you know, can overtake his mind. Meanwhile, you've got Owlman in, uh, uh, Gotham city who, you know, he's like, you know, the, uh, the alien has invaded all the major cities, but didn't come to Gotham. Why is that? Uh, I just, I, I really yeah. enjoyed this book a great deal. And I've always loved Owlman. Owlman's one of my favorite characters. Uh, I, I, this book was great. It, 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 one it, it, it scratched me right where I itch.
2: Go ahead. One of the Sorry. things I loved about it was that they weren't beholden to previous stories with the, the crime syndicate, right? They were willing to update these origins and change the characters. Yep. Superwoman being Donna Troy for example mm-hmm. that's not one I remember ever seeing you know I've seen different versions of Superwoman but never as Donna Troy yeah I think uh, I haven't we
0: seen her as Lois Lane in previous yeah. I want to say the Grant Morrison stories for the crime syndicate I think she was Lois Lane
2: yep she was Lois there yeah uh, I loved seeing you know Ultraman as a child killing JFK uh-huh but you know even more than that, The you've got the main story in the book, the backup story that is Ultraman's origin. I absolutely love that story Mm -hmm. of him and how his parents, his adoptive Earth parents, treated him, and you know how he comes to that realization. My only complaint with changes is they're designed for their version of Flash. I really hate that costume. (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 pretty sketchy. Other than that, I mean, that's really the only complaint I had through the whole book was that costume. I loved the uh, the president being Oliver Queen and them rushing in expecting him to be being tortured, and he's enjoying a little bondage situation
1: uh-huh. with Superwoman. Uh huh. Yeah. No, I, I thought this was a great book. Paul, what'd you think? It was a fun book. I liked it. It was. Yeah, I love you know the cover. The I think that's Jim Chung did the cover and jim chung you know being one of my favorite artists I, I love the cover the book was a lot of fun um you know like but it fun in a like dark humor kind of way mm-hmm. you know it's certainly a different take on the dc universe i you know and i appreciate that it's a six issue series you know the last time i read these characters which i did enjoy their interpretations was back in forever evil i think mm-hmm. was the last yeah. time i really you know yeah, yeah. read anything along form and i i liked forever evil um but you know hopefully what they do with this series is they just you know they, they don't try to find a way to bring them into you know the dcu proper again and just focus on a story about the crime syndicate in their own universe. exactly but you know six issue limited series seems perfect you know for for this exactly and so i'm good with it
0: yeah Well, oh, and, and yeah i think i think there's a lot that works here uh, to your point there's no need to bring them over into the the main dcu i, I think they can be their own thing on their own and it was a lot of fun. I I, I thought it was a a, a nice uh, a nice change of pace.
1: Well, and so we picked up a couple of books outside the big two this week, including you know a a, a, a release that's probably bigger than anything that we've talked about. Keanu Reeves and Matt Kent um, teamed with Ron Garney and Bill Crabtree uh, to do this new book, Berserker. B R Z R K R. Um, the the lead character drawn very much like Keanu Reeves probably you know using this as a spec for a potential Keanu Reeves movie or proof something proof of concept proof of concept yes <laughs> yeah. um which i don't know that Keanu Reeves needs one but you know yeah i yeah, know it, it does seem like he could probably just greenlight an action film on his own right yeah. Yeah. um but you know so berserker came out and i you know i didn't know much about it other than a couple of preview art pages um you know, spoiler warnings on, it has a very Eternal Warrior vibe to it. Uh, I would also say a, a very uh, Old Guard uh,
0: yeah, old and art. a very Highlander
2: <laughs> sort yeah. of
0: feel to it. Exactly. There, it.
1: It's drawing from a couple of wells. Yeah. I, so first of all, I'm a big Ron Garney fan to begin with. Um, yeah. you know, the first couple pages were very Frank Miller-esque in his art style, I thought. I agree. Um, but once the action started, I, I I can love this book. I yeah, loved Barney's this book. drawn his balls off on
0: this book. Yeah. I mean, this book is gorgeous and gritty and terrible, and just really sells this visceral violence uh, yeah. in, in the book. I and which is the appropriate level of violence for this book because it is you know mercenary sent out to kill people. Uh, I it, it is
1: super good. It and I just I I, I love the level of ultraviolence and you know uh-huh. it, it, it's not something i see in a lot of books i read nowadays i know you know it's it certainly books from like um <sighs> avatar or something mm-hmm. like that have the level of ultra violence like an uber or something but mm-hmm. it's been a while since i've seen a book like just go balls to the wall with gore yeah and this one does and it, it is just so over the top crazy um i i i I really really I, I can't wait for the next issue. I, I read this and same. it it was just just so fun and so action-packed. I did yeah. not have the same reaction as you guys. Really?
2: I did I mean I liked the book, but I kept as I read it, I kept thinking there is nothing new here. There is nothing I have not seen before. There is nothing original about this story. And there's not much story. It's mostly just a issue of non-stop violence. Yeah. I enjoyed it, but I didn't I won't say I loved it. I'll read issue two and see if issue two gets a little bit more into story of the character. Well, I do. I do think that's I think it is. We always
0: talk about this, that it's easy to have a first issue because you can ask big questions. You can draw big pages. The tell is the second issue. You know, can you in the second issue pay off some of the questions you ask in the first issue? And and, and you're right, Wayne. I mean, I, I think that issue two is going to be a big barometer of how this is going to go. But boy, I enjoy the table they've set. I'm ready to sit down and eat the meal. Uh, and and I hope that their chef delivers because wow, I, I this one this one really
1: blew me away. And I understand, you know, everything that Wayne's saying is not wrong. You know? No, yeah, yeah, which is which is strange to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it there is no there is not much story. There's not much new, but I think what they did with the not new um is what I appreciated. I just it was it was for me even though it wasn't new, it was unexpected. Um and I I, I it, it's not often that I just read a Balls to the wall action book. Um yeah. and this was that. so i'm looking forward to issue two hopefully now that being said it could fall from grace in issue two Um, yeah
0: absolutely it could it could crash and burn as so many new series do but it's got a it's got a tremendous amount of talent on the book uh i you know if it was just you know a keanu book uh but no he's teamed up with some folks who know what the hell they're doing so i am i am hopeful that, uh, you know, this is a, another spectacular uh, series. And, you know, Boom Studios has got a really good record with me lately on producing some amazing books. Mm-hmm. So
2: I, I am I am rather hopeful here. Yeah, I will say the other book we read this week from a company called Mad Cave that I've never heard of before. Same. Uh, they, this book did give us a lot of new, and this one surprised me. So- yeah, I, I I I do not
0: understand why Paul picked up this book, um, but when he did, I was like, "Oh, tell me a little bit about that." And then I I, I picked it up as well, and wow, uh, what a surprising book! I mean, this one came out of nowhere. Paul, tell us about Nottingham.
1: So I picked up Nottingham. Uh, you know, there was a story about it. I think on Games Radar, what used to be Newsarama earlier this week. Um, just a, a brief interview with the creative team and. I don't know, like, it, it, I have always, um, you guys know, I you know, I love the classic fantasy tales, your Robin Hoods, your King Arthur legends and things like that. And so uh, I enjoy when these fantasies are interpreted in different ways, especially if they're interpreted in a horrific, um, you know, horror type story. And now this isn't necessarily a horror setting, though it certainly has a... a level of violence that would make you think um think that so this is basically like a dark take on the sheriff of nottingham hunting a serial killer uh who has a penchant for tax collectors and it, it, uh, you know I, I you know the art intrigued me at least the preview art. um it's written by david Hazan, art by Shane Connery. Hazan, Hazan, <laughs> um, from a company called Mad Cave. None of this I'd heard of, yeah. But I thought, you know what? Let let me give it a shot. Um, and I'm glad I did. You know, though, I will say, in reading the book, I didn't like the art as much as I appreciated it in the preview pages. I really did kind of like the story and what it set up. It has a very Games of Thrones. Um, You know, there's no good guys. There's a lot of conspiracies and backstabbing going on some sometimes literally. Uh, I liked this book.
2: Yeah, I thought going in that they were going to make the sheriff of uh, Nottingham be the the hero. But there's no hero. He's dark and corrupted as well. Just not as much as you've seen in a lot of Robin Hood takes.
0: Well, and and less villainous than uh, what the merry men are doing, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I I like that this has turned some things on on its head. I like that Maid Marian has emerged as uh, as really sort of the worst of them. Yeah, <laughs> in a lot of ways. Uh, I I it is super interesting, and I in terms of first issues. This book does a little bit more than Berserker does mm. in its first issue. And as much as I enjoyed the Berserker, uh, this one gives you a lot more information about what the hell's going on. Yeah. Right? Um, there there's certainly two a lot very, of action.
2: Two very memorable panels with the the uh, dialogue, fuck Ginger. Yeah, well, yeah.
0: Let's go kill a gen- Ginger. I mean, I, who can't get on board with
2: that? <laughs> I I can't. <laughs> Gingers are hot, except for me. <laughs> but
0: uh, I feel like Wayne's fishing for it. Oh, Wayne, you're
1: hot. No, I'm not. <laughs> I really want to stick with Vincent Paul.
0: But yeah, I, I thought this was a great book, and you know, I, I'm 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 definitely in for number two. I really enjoyed it. And to your point earlier, Paul, about the artwork, you know, it is very stylized. Yes, and I think it would be easy. To, you know, put this book down for the choice of artistic style, but I do think it works for the book. I think that the the hyper exaggeration in the way these characters are drawn and the way the setting is depicted uh, really serves the, you know, very dark elements of the story. Uh, you know that you've got this this band of merry men ostensibly working on behalf of Richard the Lionhearted uh, doing terrible terrible things mm-hmm. uh, i i dug it i dug it i i i'm i'm,
2: I'm down i'm down for this book and uh, i'm excited about this issue too yeah. yeah i will say from an art standpoint there are a couple of panels that really bothered me uh Marian, for example everyone else has like lines on their faces or creases and she stands out against all of them which is probably an artistic choice i'm sure yeah but it i didn't care for for that uh plainness made her look less human compared to the others because of art style Mm -hmm. and there's a couple panels i really don't like how the sheriff looks they overdo the he looks like he has a giant
1: hump on his back yeah on some pictures I mean, it's definitely I, an independent book. Um, you know, it, it has a, a different type of art than you'd see in your standard um, DC Marvel book. But it, it I, I like, I, my concern is it's one of those books that while I enjoy it, I feel like at some point I'll just forget to look for it because it's <laughs> from this Mad Cave Studios that I'm unfamiliar with, you know, we, uh-huh. we like a lot of independent books, but you know, unless we're actively searching for them, um, you know, we, we tend to, to miss them after a few issues. Yeah, so... It's not
2: out of the ordinary for me to find a book that I absolutely loved and realize I've missed an issue and have or, to grab two or 10 issues, uh, you know, <laughs> letter
0: 44. <laughs> oh, that's uh, right.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: That, that's one that I was like, hi, I've got to
1: finish that book. One of these days. Hey Paul. Yes, sir.
0: Coming out next week
1: It's a pretty big week next week uh, Is it a big week? It is a big week Well uh, I probably won't be picking it up But The Amazing Spider-Man Gets a new costume next week In Amazing Spider-Man issue 61 I
0: hate Does this the one costume this but... like
1: Like a plaid background Or stripes perhaps? Mm. Uh, maybe Maybe yeah, I hate the costume,
2: but I am a regular reader of Amazing Spider-Man, so I will be getting it. Well, also from Marvel Comics,
1: you have the third issue of Eternals and the fourth issue of Taskmaster. From DC Comics, Infinite Frontier continues with Wonder Woman issue seven seventy, Superman uh, issue twenty nine from but you know both from their new creative teams, um, as well as Joker the the first issue of Joker from Sam Johns and James Tynion the fourth. Uh, Kind of that that new Joker ongoing series. Uh, Rorschach, the newest issue of Rorschach comes out, issue six. I know Aaron is still reading that. Um, I am. So so is Andrew, too. So so is Andrew. Yeah. And uh, Batman Urban Legends issue one, kind of that new um, Batman book that's uh, short stories featuring some of the other characters like Red Hood, Grifter, um, The Outsiders, and others. uh, Kind of like an anthology book. I will probably check out the preview pages to see if it looks any good. Um, I forgot to mention from Marvel Comics, the newest issue of Strange Academy, issue 9, comes out. And Non-Stop Spider-Man from Joe Kelly and Chris Boccolo, the new Spider-Man ongoing series, uh, comes out from Marvel Comics as well. So lots, of, lots and lots of stuff. It seems like a lot of opportunity to spend money next week. It does. Well, and especially, <laughs> you know, while, while I was looking for next week's books, I came across from American Mythology productions Zorro, in the land that time forgot oh Zorro versus dinosaurs um issue three comes out next week i didn't realize it, it i didn't realize there had been two other issues i will probably pick up issue one <laughs> um, i bet I'm that issue
2: one is on sale for cheaper it is not i can <laughs> but i'm very intrigued <laughs> I can anyway it but it not. might it might be when issue three comes out fair point fair point well
0: We want to know what you think about this week's books. Give us a call, 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise.
1: You can also hit us up on social media, IOMGeek on
0: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All right, guys. Well, I'm looking forward to spending lots and lots of money on comic books next week.
1: Yeah, Uh, who knew?
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you next time. Bye.